Hello and welcome to the fourth instalment of our off-track lockdown series. Tonight I'm talking to a driver who hasn't been on track much uh, the last couple of years, 422 Ben Riley. Ben, thank you for joining us this evening. You're welcome. It was your birthday last week. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It was your birthday last week I saw on Facebook. Yeah, Did you get much chance to celebrate? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, we built a bar in the in the back garden, so nice. I come, I cycled from I decided to have a bike ride from uh, Manchester Rochdale to my girlfriend's, uh, and we had a bit of a drink in the bar that we made, uh, and then she made me a, a lovely tea. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was good enough. It was, it was at least we had somewhere to drink and have a bit of music, so it's better than nothing. Yes, absolutely. Good. I'm doing a good birthday. Um, and are you, are you at work at the moment? Are you able to work in in the current climate? Uh, yeah, um, we. Uh, we we own a, a garage, a family-run garage um, in Salford. Uh, there's not a there's not a lot of work coming in, but you know we've got work we've got work to keep us going, and we're allowed to work for the obviously for certain reasons for to keep the NHS going and, and stuff like that. So yeah, we are still working. We're still open. Uh, we've not got everybody in, but we've, you know we've still got lads going in and they're uh, putting the graft in. So. Yeah, so a good birthday and you're at work, so all, all yeah. is good in the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's jump into stock cars then. So you started your Brisker Formula 1 career in 2015. Did you race anything else prior to coming into Formula 1 stock cars? Uh, yeah, I raced um, Formula 2. Um, we bought a Formula 2. Uh, I, mean, I could only race when my dad was racing Formula 1, really. So I, only, I could only do the odd meeting here and there when Formula Ones was on at the same time as Formula Two. So then that was the only because when I wanted to race, my dad was racing a Formula One somewhere, so I couldn't race and then obviously when like the, the Skeggy weekenders and stuff like that and Northampton weekenders I could I could do. So it was very little very little time in the Formula Twos. Yeah. So how, how many seasons did you do in Formula Two then? Uh just it, it might have been one or two. But it wasn't I'd probably done 12 meetings in each one each year so they want i wasn't really racing a lot in formula two at all so you, you mentioned your dad and you know i mean i'm quite aware that your family's got quite a a deep history in, in formula one stock cars isn't it do you want to get, tell us a little bit about that yeah uh well start off with my granddad um he raced uh formula one for a, a good few years um he raced, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the car, the car he raced was called the Black Widow. Okay. And uh, so, he, and then he, he made the move to Formula One, uh, which he done quite well. You know, the, the stories that I've heard that he, that he was a good driver and the videos I've seen, he was good. He won a few races, a few finals. Uh, and you got my uncle John. He went, he raced at Warren Stock Car Club uh, for a couple of years where he won the track championship and then he moved into Formula Ones. Uh, <laughs> you got my brother. He races Formula Twos now. Um, you know he's he's an up and coming driver. He'll, he'll, he's he's got everything about him. He's got he's got balls as well. You know he's uh, he likes to get stuck in. Uh, and then obviously you got my dad. He raced uh, Formula Ones. He also raced at Wharton as well with my uncle John. Um, and then he moved to Formula Ones and he got you know he he done well for himself actually. He, just a shame he got. He was. Um, he got. He wasn't the right age really to 
he wasn't. He wasn't. Once he got a bit older, the knocks were getting to him a bit more, and so he had to knock it on the head when he did. Yeah. And then I've got my cousin Charlotte. Um, she raced minis at Wharton for a while. Uh, she was a good driver. She was really good. She, you know, she got stuck in with the lads. It would be nice to see her actually race a Formula One. Yeah. To see how she got on. But yeah, and then obviously there's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's loads of you. Um, so you, you were in Formula Two. Um, you said that you know quite a lot of family came in and raced Formula One. Did you feel any pressure to come and race Formula One, or did you? Were you quite happy in Formula Two? Um, to be honest with you, I've always wanted to race a Formula One. So when we got when I got the opportunity, I wasn't really committed in Formula Two. So when I got the opportunity to race a Formula One, and my dad said we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a go, we're gonna build a car. Uh, I was buzzing. I didn't feel any pressure, and because that's all I wanted to do, just wanted to get in and race. And yeah. so the the pressure and, and all that lot of it doesn't it didn't really come into it for me. Um, you know, I just wanted to go out there and, and do my best. And I'm glad I did it. You know, it's it's worked quite well for me. So did did um, they give you lots of hints, tips, advice, or was it kind of I just want to do my own thing? Yeah, uh, my granddad, my granddad gave me a, a little bit, and my dad was obviously my dad was my main mechanic at the time. You know, he he, he loved getting he loved stock car and was getting stuck in. So my dad gave me a lot of stuff, and my granddad told me a lot of stuff. John gave me a few tips here and there, and but it's hard listening to three or four different people because they all they all have a different insight to how to race a stock car and not everybody's going to be exactly the same. So in that in hindsight you've got to really try and make your own mistakes and and then obviously you'll learn you'll learn from your own mistakes. Yeah. No I get that. Because you you're the one sat in the driver's seat on you're the one that's reading a race when you're out on track. It must be it's quite hard to advise how to do that, isn't it? From, yeah, yeah. From, from well, you can come off track and then my dad will say one thing and to ch- change that and then, you know, the other lads will go, oh, you need to change this, you need to change that. So it's hard. It's really, you need to decide yourself what to do instead of, oh, it's good It's good them telling you, you know, giving you advice along the way, but at the same time, you do need to to learn yourself and, and to figure out where things are going wrong and right. Yeah, that makes sense. Good, yeah. thank you. Um, so... I guess your best season was 2017. You raced 45 meetings. Uh, you finished sixth in the in the shootout, I believe. You're correcting me on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you raced uh, Tom Harris cars on both surfaces. Um, were they were they new to you, and why did you choose to go with Tom? Uh, first of all, yeah, I did have a, a great year. It was I'd done every meeting in the calendar. You know, it was really, it was a long season, a long guard season. Uh, not many people do every meeting in the calendar, so it was a it was a nice achievement to get as well. That was one achievement that I did do. So um, was that something, sorry to interrupt, was that something you'd kind of set out to do right at the beginning? We're going to try and do every meeting? 2017, yeah. Um, we, we obviously, we I had we built a new shale, well, Tom built us a new shale car and we only finished it on the day of Bellevue, which was the first meeting of the season. Um, we decided that if we're going to do every meeting, we're going to get it ready. And it, we left it really late and, Obviously, it was it was hard going to Bellevue with the weather conditions that it was that day. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, is that the one when it snowed? And is that that one? I can't. It's. it's I think it was everything. It snowed, yeah. rained. It was. It was. I, I've never raced anything like that ever, and it was. It was. It was terrible. But we did. We. That was. That was one of the main reasons why we went. Just because <laughs> if we did that, we did that meeting. It carried us on then for the rest of the year, um, and we chose. Well, we done. 
both cars are new to me. The, the, the Tarmac car was, uh, we debuted in 2016, I think. Uh, and the shale car we debuted in 2017. Um, so they were they were new to me at the time. Obviously, I've raced them now and I've still got a time at car. Uh, and, and Tommy, he's helped us massively. You know, one of the main reasons we did go to him, my dad's, my dad's had all his cars off him since he started and he's, he is a good friend of the family and, and he can build a fast car. And not only that, he helps you as well. If, you, if there's any problems that you that you, that you think that you can, it can help you with, he will help you. Uh, some some car builders, not all of them, they can just leave you like leave you be and, and not give you any help at all, which to me is a bit unfair. But that's just the way they are. And Tom, you know, he's a good friend of mine as well. We get on really well and. I can't thank him enough for what he's done for for us, for me and my dad, with the help of the cars and how he builds them. And you know, he's, that's what that's the reason why we did go to him really. Yeah. He can finish off a car really well. So okay. you know, he has looked after us massively. And and would you say that Tom's kind of advice and help it was invaluable in your success that year? Would you say? Massively, yeah, yeah. You know, we've come on like unfortunately we didn't do a test day with the with the shale car because of the time the timing we had, but. Time that car, he'd come on a test day with us, and he, he was, you know, he helped us do everything. He set it all up for me, and just to get the basics right of the car. And so yeah, he, he's helped. He's, he did help me a lot that year. Yeah, you know, he'd yeah. come with us if he wasn't racing. He'd come with us on bus, and he'd spend a day at the at, at the the bus with us, and tell me where I'm going wrong and what we need to do, and how to adjust the car in certain areas. And so yeah, he, he did help me a lot that year, and he did yeah. he did. I won a few races, which was obviously he's helped me set the car up and, and stuff. So yeah, he's, he helped me a lot, a massive amount. You mentioned your bus. You've got a very nice bus. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that season um, we did, like I say, we did the full the, the full calendar. So a, a reason why we had it done like that is because it was like our second home. So yeah. we was in it every weekend and throughout the year. And we, we spent more time in that than we did at home. So yes. I think, like, we needed, we had a big team at the time, and we could take, I could take a full set of spares with me. I could take everything what I needed, and yeah. like I say, nerf rails, bumpers. I could take everything with me, axles, everything what 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 we needed for that. Because, but it was during the full season. We want to be out there racing. Yeah. No point in going to uh, certain tracks and not having the right stuff if anything was wrong. Yeah. So I think you know, my dad. Decided we had it actually took two years to do two and a bit okay. years to actually finish it. Um, and Steve Reedman, thanks for him as well, he, he'd done a lot of work on it. And so, yeah, it's it turned out a really nice bus. And I think some people say, Oh, you don't you don't need such a thing. And but I think sometimes you do with all your wheels and tyres and how much time you're spending on the road, they, they are a big help, yeah. Some, yeah. You'll go to a meeting and not have anything, and then next minute, you know, you're putting the car in the back of the bus because you can't, because you can't race, because you've not got anything. Yeah, it's, it's a, a long way to get to Kingsley, isn't it? And then do yeah, one, do heat, and then have to load up and go home again. I suppose. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, towards the end of 2017, uh, you and Ryan Harrison had quite a famous stock car moment. So it started out Birmingham Wheels on the Saturday night, and then carried on at Northampton the following day. So uh, looking back, how, how do you sort of what's your memories of that incident, if you like? Um, I can't I, I can't really remember a lot of it, but 
to me, it was um, a knock for knock. You know, it it was a a lot of there was a, there was a lot going on in the race in both races. Uh, so you know, we, the way I saw it, that somebody's done me and I've done them back. So I think that you know it's racing at the end of the day, and everyone's you know we shook hands and and all the rest of it. So yeah, that's that's how I saw it. Yeah, it's stock car racing, yeah? Yeah, correct. <laughs> the following year, you only raced twice. Um, obviously, it was a big impact at, at Northampton. Um, I guess you kind of went into a bit of semi-retirement. Was was that kind of one of the factors? Or was there something else that kind of made you go, I'm going to have a bit of a year out of stock cars? Um, nothing. The reason, it was nothing to do with, with that incident at all. Um I play. Um, I play. Well, first of all, we 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 bought some at work. We bought another building, some property that we needed to that we couldn't really let go of that, that yeah. we needed to get, and uh, so we had to work out the money side of things. So we had to sell like, one car to obviously to fund something else, which I think was the right thing to do. Um, and also, uh, um, I play a lot of rugby, so uh, that season. Um, we actually throughout throughout that year we won the the double, which then put us into a semi pro league. So I was spending a lot more time training than obviously you can't you can't do everything. So yeah. I had the rugby I was playing semi pro, so you know there's a I had to train twice a week, well two three times a week, and I was playing on a, every Saturday and then so there's no time for racing at all really. Obviously, when I when I got a break from the rugby, then I then I could when I could race, I did with the tarmac. Um, so it wasn't there was there was no reason really why I, sh- I well there is a reason obviously because of a rate of the rugby and the work, but that incident didn't stop me from from racing that the next season at all. No. Yeah, it was just I guess just how circumstances played out. Um, yeah, I, you can see what it looks like, can't you? But yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't the case at all. You know, I, I did, like I say, I was enjoying the rugby. I played, I was playing really well, and the, the, we've gone into a, a league that's twice as hard anywhere else. And so, yeah, that was one of the main reasons, really. The rugby, it, I put me rugby first. And are you still on with the rugby now? Because I know you, you did some uh, nine ten meetings last year. So is rugby still kind of going on? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're still. Well, obviously, the season's been cut short for the. Because of this um, virus, uh, so I've not played now for a, a good month and a half now. It was, it was just mid-season when it when it all stopped, so I would have been still playing at the moment. Um, so, like I say, we've not done anything, we've not done training, we've not done nothing because of what's been going on. So I would have been playing now, yeah. yeah. Okay. And over the winter, you went over to New Zealand. Um, how was that experience? It's a fantastic experience. There's not, you can't. It is unbelievable how how you're treated when you go over there and and all the rest of it. It's just it, if if anybody ever gets a chance to go, I'd, I'd go definitely because it's it, it's everything everything's different to over here and you know you get like I say you get looked after and you treat like kings really everywhere you go and it's really nice and that's why we try and do the same when when yeah. people come over to us and you know we look after them how, how they look after us. Well, yeah, it was a, it's a it's a proper experience. Different, but it's a it's a mega experience. Yeah, I'm sure it's on many people's bucket list. It's, it's certainly yeah. on mine. Yeah. So, how does the racing in New Zealand compare to the racing in the UK? 
Uh, well, starters, the cars are different. You know, they're a lot. The cars over there are a lot stronger than what ours are. Uh, the hits are different. The hits are a lot harder. Um, the, so the, their their engines are smaller than ours, but they, they weigh similar the same. They're about they weigh similar. Um, they're not as they're not as powerful as what our cars are. Um, a lot of the hits are just they, they, they take the mick out of ours. Oh, okay. Some of them survive, and I don't know because they are brutal. But yeah, the, the, that's you can't you, unless you've been. You can't. You, you can say everything about it, and you know it's just a mega experience. It's unbelievable. It sounds like you very much enjoyed it. Apart from oh, the hits, yeah. did you enjoy the hits? The hits okay? No, I, I only had. Um, I didn't. I didn't really have any any big ones to be honest with you. Uh, it was just normal. Don't get me wrong. You can hit him and pass him like what we do over here. But okay. so I didn't really. I was just getting hit and, and passed, and then well, they just coming up inside him. So I never really. I did. I got rolled over in the in the team okay. practice, but it was only a. It was just like a nudge. He, he just put me up against the wall, and it was just a soft rollover. But still roll over. Still goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, as soon as you roll over there, it's 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 the same over here, but the, the racing just stops instantly. Yeah, and, you know, some obviously over here you do get the odd, probably a lap or something in before the race events they get a stop or half a lap. Whereas there, it's not even a quarter of a lap and it just stops and obviously you're out of your car then straight away. Which um, is good, absolutely. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously we have the Team GP and and the the aim every year is to win the team's championship, isn't yeah. it? And and they've come very close. Um, what is it that you think they need to do differently, maybe to kind of get that get that size up? Uh, first of all, I'll take me up. Set me off to all all the work behind Team GB because it is a, it is a hard work. Um, but like you're getting different drivers every year going over, which is, is is difficult because you're getting drivers that have not racing a team before together, and you're getting the odd the odd person that's going each year. But I think to start off with, as hard as it is, you need a, a team that that is committed to going every year, really, which is 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 nearly an impossible thing to do, really. But I think. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot that I've seen that I think that could be done um, without being disrespectful to the team GB. I think that there's a lot more. I think they need to spend a lot more time together while they're over there than, than going into different areas. I know it's, it is hard to keep them all together because you've all got friends in various areas. But I think that would be a, a big help with everyone stick, sticking together and getting this and being in the same team. And, it is hard. It is hard yeah. to win to win that event because there's so many good teams out there and they practice. They have practice teams every other week. We go over there. We'll have two or three team meetings yeah. of a practice, of a friendly, if you will, um, to get used to it. So it was all, last year they only had one one team uh, friendly, which and then uh, I remember Mickey Rennie. He was in he was in the uh, team and in the friendly his car. His car, he had a car failure, okay. and it was that was him out instantly, and he's never, you know, yeah. that probably it might have cost him his place in the team, really, which is, you know, he he's not even raced a thing, you know, he'd gone round well enough, and he's not even showed what he could do. So I think another thing they could do is um, maybe have two or three if this time uh, friendlies for the teams, yeah. and then you can get, you know, we can he's got time to sort problems out and cars etc. Then. It is a difficult, it is a very, yeah, very absolutely. 
Yeah, I get that. I, obviously, in an ideal world, that's what we'd, we'd like to happen. Yeah. But obviously, the cost and the time and everything yeah. else is yeah, a yeah, huge factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, just moving on then a little bit. You spoke uh, about your dad already, and for those who don't know, he plays quite a key role in the sport. He's the technical scrutineer. Is that a help or a hindrance? Uh, it's both, really, isn't it? You know, he's 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 definitely stitched me up a couple of times, but it's my own fault, you know. He, I remember one time at Buxton, he, uh, he, I rolled over and he, and he cut the straps out of my helmet. Straight, cause being a scrutineer, he was straight on track, you know, and he, he looked at my helmet and he put a set of scissors through my, uh, through my straps so I couldn't use my helmet again. And then there was another time, I think it was at um, Bellevue. Uh, I think I, I, there was some, I felt I had a bit of a, a ding dong somewhere and um, he was stood at the side of the fence. I went over and I, and I said, Is everything all right? And obviously, he's seen someone in the car, it wasn't all right, and then uh, told me to pull in the middle. Okay. I think there's like third or fourth in the final or something. <laughs> yellow, so it's <laughs> but yeah, you know, my dad's my dad's commitment to the sport is, is unbelievable, and I can't thank him enough for what he's done for, for the not just for me, but for the sport as well. You know, he, he's massive in in the, the scrutineering side of things, and and then. Oh, sometimes you can, it, that's another thing. If you fail somebody that that, uh, that aren't too too happy about it, and you know, it could be it could uh, could get me a bit of damage on track, couldn't it? Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, but yeah, he's you know what he's done with the scrutiny and everything. It's been mega. So yeah, he's it's not it's not a hindrance. No, it's been a massive help. So yeah. Okay. Um, plus, sorry. Plus, he's always he's always he's never at the bus anymore. We can't moan and shout at me, so that, uh, that's a good thing about. It. He's always tucked away in his uh, in his trailer. Yeah, that is a good <laughs> so it's a help. It's a help that he's yeah, doing yeah, that job. Yeah, it's a help. Yeah, definitely. Um, thinking about other drivers, um, is there anybody you'd like to see come into Formula One stock cars that doesn't currently race Formula One? Uh, I'd like to see my brother. Okay. I'd like to see how my brother. My brother's raced um, Formula One before. He's, he's done yeah. a meeting there. I'd like to see him come in and, and have a good go at it. You know, he's, he's competitive in the Formula 2 side of things, so I think he's good enough to come into the sport and, and do and do well. So I think... Is, is, have you had that conversation? Is there a reason why he doesn't want, or hasn't, or maybe thinking about it? Or uh, I, he, he loves his Formula 2s. You know, he's got a lot of... He's got a lot of kit in Formula 2s, and I think, like I say, he does spend a lot of time there, and that's all he's... Ever since he started racing, he's done his minis, and then he went straight into Formula Two. Then, so I think that's one of the reasons why. But he's like I say, he's, he's raced a Formula One, and he, and he is interested in in the Formula Ones. But maybe I think just time and work commitments are, are stopping that at the moment. So, but yeah, it would be nice to see him in, to, to see him come in, you know, to race around with brother. Really yes. good. Because I, I, when I was speaking to Nigel Green last week and we spoke about there isn't that many drivers that move from Formula 2 into Formula 1. A lot of people go into Formula 2 and, and stay in Formula 2 and that's kind of, that's okay, absolutely. V8 and minis, a lot of people tend to come into Formula 1 through that route. So, the, I think, for, for me, I, I enjoy Formula 2, but the Formula 1, it, it, it's just bigger and better and without being disrespectful of Formula 2. The crowd, the crowd sizes and Fans and and everybody, it's just it's it, they're just bigger and better for me, and that's one of the, that's why I enjoyed it more. I, I, di I didn't really enjoy the Formula Two side of things, 
but then once I jumped in Formula One, it was just everything was just just better, you know. Get a lot, made a lot of friends and got a lot of fans, and and everything's just um, a little bit bigger, really. So like, okay. for me, coming into Formula One was the best thing that the best thing that I've done, really. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and if you could bring back any track onto the Formula One calendar, which one would it be? Coventry, without a shadow of a doubt, just. Because the crowd size is there on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. and the atmosphere was brilliant. I was lucky enough to be in the last world final there, and yeah. crowd on that night was massive. And you know the cheers, and you're going around a parade lap, and and then there's a pork, there's pork and chip shop down the road that <laughs> more people have probably missed as well as me. Um, but yeah, Coventry. It was a shame really because I would have liked to have seen the last Shale car around there. Yeah. It was a nice smooth track and. That's what the car was, was built for, really. So it would have been nice to see the shale car go around there, but it'd be, it'd be nice to have it back. Whether, we, yeah. whether we're going to get it back, I don't know. All the time. Never know. Yeah, it's still there, isn't it? So we can always hope. We can always hope. And you're saying about Bradford as well. I, I read stuff this week that Bradford might be coming yeah. back and yeah, yeah. again another fantastic track. And it'd be amazing if that was back in the sport. I don't really remember Bradford, but I remember my dad, my, my granddad told me a lot of stories about there, and it's it was like he said it was a, a brilliant track, so it would be nice you know, to have one around there as well. Yeah, good. Okay. So, on a caution, when you look in the mirror, is there anybody, if you see him in there, that you think, I need to give my belts a bit of an extra sub? Uh, mm, not really. I don't. I, I tend to have a quick look and see who's behind me and you'll know, if you see someone behind you, you recognise, you'll have a small mirror, you see, so you can't really see a lot anyway. So the other thing that I can see is somebody's aerofoil. Okay. And if, I think, all right, if you're in the top top three or top five in the final, I think you're going to tie them up anyway because you know what's going to be coming on after a caution. Um, but you tend, you tend to know the drivers and, and, and what they're going to do, really. So, like, for, for example, Nigel Green's one of them, he's, he's a fair driver, so if you do see him behind you, I think, you know, if he's quicker than you, he's going to nudge he's gonna nudge you and, and be on his way. And Whereas other drivers, you, 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 you sort of know after racing with them for, for so long what they're going to do and, and yeah. where they're going to be. So, not that, like I say, the only time I'd probably do that is if they have come loose anyway, you know, because, <laughs> of, because of the race uh, that you're in. Then, yeah, I'd tighten them and then, like I say, top three or whatever in the final you know what's going to come so you just yeah. freak them a little bit more don't you yeah. <laughs> is that on your mind though when you sat there so let's say you are top three final at King's Lynn do you, do you know I'm going in that wall and it's going to hurt uh, not really well you know something's going to come if you've got if you've got the people that, that you know who's behind you but then hopefully you can just try and use the car in front as a, as a bit of a cushion and, and if you can get out of it and survive that's yeah. that's the best part about it, it is a it is about survival as well in them sort of races. So I think, you know, you don't really, I don't really think about that I'm going to go in the wall. I'm just going to think about what happens when the green flag drops and, and are you going to stay alive, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Nigel Green mentioned last week about he's got a small mirror in his car. So why, why have you got a small mirror? Um, so you can't see what's behind you. Okay. That, and that's... Pure and simple, really. If you if you're looking up at a big mirror, I, I did watch that video. And like and like Nigel said, if you've got a great big mirror, you, you you're going to be constantly looking in it. So and that's just going to then you're just going to throw yourself off your own race. Then, but it's the same as Nigel, I try and concentrate on my own race as best as I possibly can. And, and 
don't get me wrong, I think every driver will have a little glance just to see who's about. And For instance, the last bender, if you, if you think that it's, it's going to come, you'll have a, an idea that, that it is going to come. But you can't see you can't see a lot out of him. So that's for me, that's the best thing. You don't know who's coming, and, and, and you know if there's a big one coming, you can't really expect it, can you? And you can't do much about it either, can you? No, you can't. <laughs> oh no, they're going to get you. They're going to get you out there. <laughs> um, keeping it topical, if you had to self-isolate with three current Formula One drivers, who would it be? Uh, Mark Sargent for definite. Okay. Um, uh, I'd say uh, there's a load of them really. It's hard. It's, it's hard this because I've got a lot of friends. So I'd go with I'd, I'd go with Tom. Yeah. Uh, and I'd probably take an, another close friend of mine, Aaron Leach. Okay. That's that's a nice. That's a nice group. Both friends and Sergeant are just you could keep an empty room going in, couldn't Yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Tom and, and Leach are good friends of mine, so it'd be nice. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Easy choice then. And easy, yeah. Apart from the people that you've offended by not choosing them. Um, <laughs> so, what's the one thing that you hate that everyone else seems to love? I tell you what, I don't, I don't really hate it. Right, it, just beer. I can't, I can't drink beer. Okay. <laughs> everyone loves beer, but I, I don't like the taste of it. So I, if you're a stock car driver. You, everybody's supposed to like beer, aren't they? That's what you do. I'll have, a, I'll have a Budweiser once every three months or something like that, but I'll, I'll just stick to these uh, Copperbergs. These are all right. They're nice. They're nice, then, yeah. But, yeah, that, I can't stand beer. Okay. <laughs> That's controversial. Most controversial thing you've said. <laughs> um, what's been the highlight of your stock car career so far? Uh, <laughs> I won the heat and final at um, Birmingham. In the uh, in the rain, that was that was massive for me. I should have won two heats in final, but I was being a bit of a show off, uh, just in front of a line and a spun. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, giving me good mate his his first win uh, that year actually, Leecher. But yeah, that was that was one of them. Um, and the shootout really to finish to finish where I did in the shootout for my first my first go at it was uh, it was a big thing for me because. Everyone that finished above me was previous world champions and world champions. So to be up there with them lot and and don't ever, I beat them sometimes during the shootout and and they beat me. I was just I think I was just as quick as them. I think the experience that they had over me was what you know got them the the, the top four finish and the top five finish. But yeah, for me the shootout was was, was mega for me. Was, so what do you think of the shootout series? Do you, do you like that as a as a sort of mini series at the end of the season? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's really good. I think it keeps um, the racing alive for the back towards after all you've done all your championship meetings. Then it, you know there's something to, to look forward to for the fans as well at the at the end towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's a great idea. And as a driver, it it, it, it helps you. It helped me a massive amounts. As a driver, um, and you know, it probably made me a better driver than what I was at the time. Just yeah. to be in with a mix of them and all the top boys, you're running against them each week and starting at the back. It, it was probably easier to start at the back actually, and a lot of them leave you alone the first three or four laps. Whereas further down the grades, they'll just knock lumps out of you straight away. Whereas the Reds and Superstars, they don't tend to to really bother each other until the back end of the race. Yeah. Unless obviously somebody's got a bit of a beef with somebody, but 
like, like, like I said, they tend, they tend, we tend to leave each other alone until we get to the business end, and then they, then they start knocking lumps out of each other. I think it does, it does save a lot of damage at the start, but then it, obviously it could cause a lot of damage towards the end of the race as well. <laughs> Especially yeah. Um, there does seem to be kind of one driver that sort of seems to have a really good shootout that you wouldn't expect. Like Bobby Griffin uh, last year, kind of you know did really well and could have won it yeah. at, you yeah. know into the last meeting at Bellevue. So it is, like I say, a great a yeah. great uh, series for me. Um, Bobby, sorry, Bobby, that last year done really well for me. He he he's a good friend of mine, but the way he was driving, it made him a ten times better than driver than what he was definitely. And I hope, yeah. and I hope he does, he does well this year as well. Or when we eventually start again, so but yeah. Um, so if there's one thing you could change though about Formula One stock cars, what would that be? For me, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything really. Because if you change one thing, you're just going to get upset somebody else. And I think that the rules as they are at the moment and and how everything's going. The only thing I would change is bring commentary back. But that's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm happy with, with everything, with the rules and everything in the cars. And so, like I say, you put in to change one thing and you're just going to upset somebody else and then they'll change. So you're never going to keep everybody happy. And I think that's, unfortunately, that's what, what we've got to deal with at the moment. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be happy, but at the end of the day, we've still got to go out there and race. Yeah. So and then it's your choice then if you want to race or you don't want to race. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change nothing really for me. Brilliant, thank you. Um, randomly, what useless fact do you know? I know. Uh, I know Oreos are vegan. Who is? Oreo biscuits. Yeah. Are vegan. Really? All dairy products in them. Whatsoever. That, that is useless. No, I didn't know that. So that, that... <laughs> I only found that out. I only found that out because I was eating one the other day. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Solomon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're that bored because I'm locked down. You're reading the ingredients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. That's a good. That's a great fact. Thank you. Um, what's the best prank you've ever played on somebody? <laughs> well, uh, there's one. That, there's one that's that's uh, from the rugby side actually. Um, it was a presentation night and uh, it was in, in Manchester Town Centre. So we all had a, it was a hotel and we stayed, obviously we had our presentation and stayed there for the, for the night. Um, and one of the lads, uh, Grayzol, won, I don't think he won anything actually, he was just giving us a load of stick, you know, just being rugby lads. And, and so me and another lad had had enough and we went to the reception um, and said, I, uh, my name's Adam Graham, um, I've lost my room key, can I have a room key? So um, she gave us a, a room key Obviously, it wasn't Adam Graham, so yeah. we decided to go up to the room uh, and turn his room upside down so it looked like it had been robbed. <laughs> so, uh, so we went in, we tipped his bed upside down, we tipped all, we tipped all his drinks everywhere, we threw all his clothes everywhere, and it just looked like a bomb had gone off. Uh, and then 15 minutes later, he'd gone up to his room, and then the police was at the uh, <laughs> at the, <laughs> at the reception because <laughs> obviously he phoned the police because he thought he'd been in. <laughs> robbed um so yeah we uh we got a bit of, we got a bit of stick for that but it's definitely one of the best pranks i've done that's, that's very good very and good it was it was, was quite drunk as well can't say but, it, but we were really drunk but he's still clear-headed enough to kind of come up with that oh, so yeah, yeah, very yeah. Good. Very good. yeah it's, it's good it's a good idea at the time definitely yeah 
Um, unfortunately, we are we aren't racing at the moment. But you've been doing some of the online racing on a Saturday night. How how is that going for you? It's, it's, it's actually quite good. You know, there's a uh, there's a lot of banter going about the, the yeah. group that we're in. Um, you know, there's some there's some good drivers in there and, and not so good drivers that, <laughs> that are still learning. And I've only I'm only on the Xbox pad. Me, I don't I don't have a steering wheel or anything like that. What you got, excuse me, but you got the the likes of Charlie Sawyer and the, the Dutch lad who's on steering wheels and and walking all over everybody. So you know, and the soccer them getting stopped uh, next weekend. Okay. So yeah, so it could be a bit of a bit of fun. Okay. Bit of fun and games next week. Well, yeah, it's a good laugh. It's good for the fans as well to to keep them in, interested and and Sarge and uh, Window Boys doing a, a good job. So. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a good laugh. It is a good laugh. It gives you something to do as well. Yeah. No, it's, it's proven very popular, isn't it, on Saturday yeah, night? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been really good. You know, a lot, of, a lot of the lads are doing a lot of practice, as I am. You know, there's nothing else to do, so, it, so we're all getting on there and we're knocking lumps out of each other on in a bit of a practice session. So, yeah, it is a good laugh. It's good. Good. Um, so, uh, we've spoken during the lockdown series with other drivers around dual-surface cars. Um do you think that they, they are necessary to future-proof um, the success of Formula One stock cars? And what's your view? Um, it's an hard one, really. Um, for me, I'd uh, I'd stick with the two cars, um, but that's just me. That's my opinion, and I don't like I say. If you if you run a time at car now, an out and out time at car, it's a bit more. Obviously, you've got a lot of work to do to change everything, changing axles and things like that. So you are, you still, you're still spending a lot of time in the garage changing them each week. Some people change axles, but some others others do, and you know, there's and shockers and things like that, and springs and, and and things. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot of work into changing a dual surface car over each week. Whereas you've got your, your two cars, you've got one for each service and. All right, yeah, you've got to work on them to get them ready for each week. But like I say, I think, and to keep your correct setup as well on tarmac and shale, you're constantly altering your car. So I don't think it'll, it'll never be the same. For, for the sport, I think, yeah, it could, it, it could do the sport good. I know there's a couple of drivers doing the dual surface car at the moment and they are doing well. Um, so for me, it's an album, really. You know, yeah. it's. Yeah, but I would stick with the two cars, yeah, I would. But I suppose, like you say, you reference the time piece. Because obviously, you know, that phrase, time is money, isn't it? So if you're having to spend time doing two, uh, doing like one car, oh, then it's impacting on your work that's funding the stock car racing. Yeah, yeah. It? yeah. It's, it, is, it is an hard one. For me, it is hard because, like I say, for a dual surface car, you are changing axles. and Plus, if you get damage as well, you've got a lot of damage to repair during the week and... Before you know it, you're in the garage every night, just like yeah. what you've been doing with it. All right, you're saving a bit of money here and there, but you're still going to be in the garage every night, spending just as you are on two cars and you're out with one, damage-depending. Yeah. Damage OK, thank you. Um, so what's the best and worst thing about stock car racing? Uh, <laughs> the best thing, I'd say, is um, winning. And, you know, just... Win, I'm, I've not won a lot of races, but when I do, you know, I, I do enjoy it, and I've had to work hard for a couple of them. Some, some of them have been, I've been lucky, uh, and the fans, you know, go, the fans that come up to you and the, and the people and the friends that you make, it's just yeah. brilliant. And 
the worst part is, is definitely washing them after the show. <laughs> that, that first Bellevue that year, that 2017, I never forget it because it took me three days just to wash the car before I could even start doing any work on it. There was that much mud everywhere on that car, and it took me that long just to get it clean. <laughs> the worst part for me was washing them 100%. Did you have like a big bucket of shells to take back for the next meeting? Oh, I could, I could have <laughs> relayed the track and had that much shale on there. <laughs> okay. Uh, you mentioned you raced Formula 2. I know before coming into Formula One, but are there any other forms of motorsport that you'd like to uh, to go and race in? Uh, no, I think Formula Ones are you know everybody wants to be in them, and I think that once you've been in a Formula One, I don't think you really. You, you, for me, I don't I want to race in anything else now. You know, the bumper work and everything about them is is you know is brilliant. So for me, I'd race Formula Ones all day. Um, and for my final question, unfortunately, um, we haven't started the season yet, um, but had you made any plans for 2020? Had you got any new cars lined up, any modifications to your current tarmac car, any championship aims? What what, what plans had you sort of put in place? Um, well, we've redone uh, my tarmac car. Has, has, had, has been re-bumpered and re-nerfed, and we've put a, new, a couple of new bits that we're going to try out this year. Um, we've done a bit of a deal with, uh, with Tom and... Um, our friend in New Zealand, the one for is that we're going to do a new shale car between us. Um, so that's ongoing at the moment. That's going to be a bit different, and and it, it's going to work. It's definitely going to work. So you know, I'm confident in both of them that we can do a, a mint a mint car between them. So who's building that? Sorry, you say Tom's building that. Uh, Tom's. So originally, uh, we was going to have it built in New Zealand, but uh, we couldn't get the steel. So. We've done a deal now where Tom's going to build the chassis and we're going to put, um, and Will's done some axles, different axles, uh, and the pickup points and everything like that are, are all Will's ideas. I'm going to put them both together. Okay, brilliant. And but, is that sort of work in progress now and ready for hopefully um, racing? It, it, it won't be ready early on, it, you know, it is in progress. Um, obviously, we've got to get the axles over from New Zealand, which they just take they take six weeks, seven weeks alone just to, to get them sent over when they're done. Um, so yeah, the, it it won't be ready sooner. It won't be ready soon. It'll be later on in the season if we do get going. If not next year when it comes out. Um, but I was uh, championship wise, you know, I, I've got. I'm I'm very very interested in this year in you know doing well. So I want to. I wanted uh, my aim was to get in the shootout this year, um, and just to I've got a bit of a point to prove with a few people. So I think that that was one of the things that I really wanted to do, and you know, get the tarmac car going really well. And you know, I had a, I had big I, I did I did what I do well this year. I wanted to go for it, and so obviously with what's with what's going on, it's a bit of a shame. But you know, the tarmac car is nearly done, so it's just a bit of paint work and things. And, I've had my engine rebuilt at the moment. Yeah. So I've just got to wait to put that back in. And so, yeah, you know, I, re- I did really want to have a, a good go at it this year. Yeah. But what's, what's happened is uh, it's a shame, it's, isn't it? Yeah, a bit disappointing. But, but you know, clearly you, you work for it. And, you know, that really interesting with the, you know, the, the New Zealand slash Tom yeah. car that's coming out. So well, that be that, a... It's going to be very, very different. So, you know, when it when it pulls out of the back of the bus, it'll have a lot of, a lot of people around it. And, yeah. Probably a few questions asked, but there you go. Yeah, but 
It's good. It's brilliant. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, ben, um, it's been absolutely an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for giving us some time on your evening when you could have been practicing for your, yeah. for your racing on Saturday. I'm going on after this, don't worry. Oh yeah. <laughs> but thank you very much, and uh, and stay safe. Cheers. Thank you. I, I just like to say as well. Um, I hope everybody's safe. Um, you know, and I hope this all ends soon. Uh, another thing I'd like to say is thanks to all my sponsors and everybody who's helped me out over the over the years, and uh, I look forward to next season. Cheers, Ben. Thank you so much. Thank you.